Welcome to our podcast. You're listening to Gay Culture Is, an LGBTQ plus podcast where we talk about everything that's gay. I'm Tyler. And I'm Richard. We are a married gay couple of seven years. And we want to talk to you about how gay culture is ultimately what you make it to be. This week, we're going to be talking about how gay culture is New Year's resolutions, seasonal depression, and the discussion of RuPaul's Drag Race. So, let's get all started for our first segment. Gay culture is New Year's resolutions. Now, our pet peeve about resolutions is they really don't even always have to start in the new year. Um, you can do a resolution anytime, girl. Anytime. You don't have to wait till the new year comes around to get started. Just saying. I started mine in June of last year. When I have a resolution... About every year at some point, but I started them in February. I started one in September. The last time I had a major weight loss was in September 2016 because I was disgusted with myself at Labor Day. And by Thanksgiving, I had lost like 40 pounds, and it was cool. I didn't have to wait till January to do it either, and then I looked really good at Christmas. So That way you can eat some more holiday pie. But I didn't that year, but this year I did, and so now I'm kind of back. Well, I'm not back where I didn't gain that 40 pounds, but... I gained about 15. <laughs> so, but truth be told, I gained it back last year in 2017 when we went on a cruise because they just have all the food out there and you pay for it ahead of time. And I didn't ever really lose it because I had three surgeries last year and everybody's forcing food down my throat so I could, quote, heal. But it was important. So, but now we're getting ready to go on another cruise. So, yeah, speaking of cruises, we're going to be on, going on Kesha's Rainbow Cruise in February. So, right now, we are trying to do some body shaping, body sculpting with gym workouts. And I say gym workouts because that's my technical term for it because I basically go and walk. Um, but with that and dieting and exercising so that we can look really good when we go on Kesha's Rainbow Cruise in February, which we're really excited about. I mean, if you were going on that, please try to come find us. Um, but with last night, and well, the past couple of weeks, we've been looking at outfits to wear. And so we finally got our outfits ordered from various places such as Amazon, um, Nordstrom Rack, Nordstrom Rack, because let's face it, it's amazing and they've got awesome stuff for cheap prices. So, and we realized that all of my, um, all of my looks there, well, there's three different nights. There's the animal night, the cannibal night and the rainbow night. Yes. Those are all Kesha album titles. I didn't realize that until someone, Tyler told me, because I'm not all that into music. Right. He's not. He does like Kesha, though. There's lots of other people going on the cruise, too. Lots of other entertainers, but we're really excited about Kesha. Um, but on Animal Night, you're supposed to dress up in your animal gear, so we decided to go with our S&M I'll be bondage. A He's going to be a pup. I'm going to be a bunny. Um, so mine is, my look is kind of like Ariana Grande, Dangerous Woman, but also Manila Luzon's look on Drag Race last week with the uh, bunny bondage look was a little bit of inspiration for that which goes to say that my look for each night is drag race inspired um so and then there's the rainbow night which i'm doing an ode to sasha velour from her rainbow look from season nine and then what's the other night um oh cannibal it's like catch a song sleazy they said think about that song when you're picking out your outfit for that night so i have an oh honey shirt from american richard also an awesome website um, I have a harness. I'll be wearing that. He has a harness, and we have some mesh clothing we're going to be wearing over those things. 
um, so that we have the option of how much skin we show, and it could vary throughout the night as well. Hopefully a lot since I've been going to the gym and working out since June. Yeah, it's been. We recently moved um, across states, um, about three and a half hours from where we used to be, um, to a much more rural area than where we were. Um, it's a lot we're, more convenient for traffic, though. It is. It's a lot more convenient um, <laughs> where we lived. It took me about an hour to get to work, but really the mileage was very close. Um, it was about 20, well, 15 to 20 miles away. Um, here, I'm about 25 miles away from work, and I get there in about 25 minutes, because there's no traffic, so that is a plus. Um, but anyway, we didn't really have a good gym there when we were there. That means no gym. <laughs> no gym. There was, there was not. We had one in our home, in our basement, but it was kind of dark and depressing. Here, we actually get to look at people when we go to the gym, and it's very nice. That's always a plus. Very motivational. It, it is. Um, so that's a good thing about being here. Um, and it's it's not completely crowded. So, I mean, the pool is pretty much never crowded. So you have it's that like to your own private pool. Mm-hmm. And you only had to pay $30 a month. Mm-hmm. It's a great place. Um, so we enjoy that about being here. We, you know, we, we used to live here and now we're back. So we kind of, we did miss it. Um miss things about it and we're now enjoying the things that we miss but we're missing some of the things that we had you know before we moved but it's it's for the best that we're here um so richard has been going to the gym since about june um i was there for a while but then had some complications from a surgery i had in april so i stopped for a little while but now i'm I'm back at that again so we can get ready but um something important about working out and dieting you have to really do both and really, dieting is more important. Dieting is always the biggest piece of losing weight or gaining weight. Whatever you're trying to do, you want to make sure that your diet is matching your goals. You either want to be in a caloric surplus or in a caloric deficit, depending on what your goals are. Mm-hmm. And um, that when I say dieting, I don't mean like not eating or not eating certain things. I, I do a little bit, but for it's... When I refer to dieting, it's more of a, like a, a lifestyle change um, that you make. It's a, a, a fixed things that you eat and don't eat, and it's on a schedule. And but anyway, dieting is a lifestyle um, that you choose. It's not uh, something that you do to lose weight, and then you can go back to doing what you were doing. Cause yeah, because then you're just going to be in a cycle going back and forth of gaining right. and losing and gaining and losing. Which, if you're bulking and cutting, that's exactly what you would like to do. But you know, you got to do it. The proper way. But that's not how you maintain at all. To maintain, you have to consistently do what you've been doing, um, dieting and exercising. And you actually so. said a good part about being consistent, though. You know, consistency of going to the gym and eating right, that's the way your body changes. It's not, don't expect to go to the gym for 90 days, and then all of a sudden you're going to be... You'll see results, but they won't be, like, drastic results. It takes time. Um, and even then, if you do see results, you've got to have to maintain those results. So, again, consistency. Exactly. And the times that I've lost weight, I did it in a, over a few months. Um, but it's every day. It's like I didn't give myself cheat days. Like, not at all. Um, I gave myself cheat moments, like, once a week. But I was very meticulous about what I ate. Careful to record it. How many calories were in it. How many carbs were in it. Um, you know, eating, 
I don't think carbs in themselves are bad. We do need carbs. I do not like no-carb diets, but I like low-carb diets because they still give you carbs. Your body needs those, but you get them from good places like fruits and vegetables. You don't eat bowls and bowls of pasta or just rolls of bread or lots of, really, sugar because um, those are just bad for you. It's bad for your body. Every now and then, it's good to give yourself a treat once a week, once a month. I don't care. So he's talking about losing weight. I'm over here trying to gain muscle mass. So I'm over here saying, yes, give me that pasta. Yes, but when you are trying to gain weight and muscle mass, you can't do it through sugar either way. So, yeah, well, you can, but it's not a good idea because then it adds, you get belly fat. Yeah, you're going to get fat. It's what excessive carbs and sugar gives you belly fat. If you're trying to go for that, we had a friend ask us one time, why can't, or what did he say? He said, I want to know how to diet to get abs. And we were like, girl, that's not how it works. Not even close. You lose it all over. Yeah, I mean, you you do. But you can cut calories, and that will help you lose weight. But cutting out the carbs or cutting down the carbs, not eating the bad carbs, is what helps you get rid of, you know, that extra love handle fat um, or fat in your face around your thighs. That's what does that. but just just walking um, at a brisk pace for at least 30 minutes a day is something that's better than nothing. It's not going to get you abs, but it will help you keep some of the fat off. And especially like yesterday, I did eat a little bit of a blizzard from Dairy Queen. And so I walked a little bit more than I usually walk yesterday just to get that extra, work those extra calories off. So, Well, I have different philosophies on eating because, like I say, I'm trying to eat to gain weight. So I'm always over here. Yeah, let's back up a second. Who is someone that you would like to look like? I think Chris. Like, like naked. Naked? Um, like just body top wise. Just so that people know where we're coming from, what our goals are. So that if they want to do one, they might want to do what you're doing. Or if they want to do something else, they might want to do what I'm doing. I always think Chris Hemsworth's pretty hot. Chris Hemsworth. Okay. That's it's realistic. possible. That's realistic. At least what he, you know, not like what he looks like at the movies, but on his day-to-day basis. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe not Thor and Well, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean... You're not as tall as he is. I'm not as tall as he so is. Can't, but that's kind of the more the body top you're going for. Right. That's the, that's the diet and workout plan you're trying to do. Yeah, I don't want to be like a jacked, shredded, mm-hmm. bodybuilder mm-hmm. type. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I would like to at least look like a fitness model. Right. Right. Um, And I'm going for a very thin, like, fashion model. Like, I want to wear whatever I want to wear without people seeing any bulges or bumps anywhere anywhere on my body. Um, Maybe Ezra Miller is a good example of kind of what I'm going for. Um, Ryan Kelly. That's another person. That's similar. mm, Yeah. He's hot. Um, He was the guy in... uh, if you watch Prayers for Bobby on Lifetime 10 years ago, or more recently, he was on Team Wolf. So I just liked him because of Prayers for Bobby, so made that connection. So so maybe, maybe something good to say was I'm going for Prayers for Bobby, Ryan Kelly. And Richard is going for Team Wolf, Ryan Kelly. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah, that's pretty fair. Um, I mean, because he was... Well, he wasn't a teenager when he made the movie, like the actor, but his character was. Um, I think that's more what I'm trying to go for. I just like to be able to, to wear clothing for people to notice the clothing. Um, 
I want people to notice my muscles in my clothing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I want to be able to wear whatever I want to um, without people having to look at fat rolls hanging out, I guess. Back rolls, so. Back rolls. So anyway, like for your gym work, um, like I lift three, four days a week. Um, and I have a pretty structured plan based on all the research that I have done. Uh, a lot of compound lifting, that's one of the biggest things that you can do. Uh, those are your uh, squats, uh, bench press, deadlifts. Uh, you definitely want to incorporate those as able into uh, the bodybuilding plan because that's where you're going to get a lot of your strength gains. Not a lot of isolation work um, because then you're just going to be going for the pump, as they call it. And you're not really going to see a lot of significant gains. Or if you do, it's going to take you a very long time. Uh, I've gained probably around 20, 25 pounds since I've started. So I think some of it's been fat, but that's to be expected when you're on a caloric surplus. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, you know, you just got to do what you got to do. And you can always diet, quote unquote. Um, I mean, that's me. I'm diet and cardio. I mean, that's that's what I do. I don't do a lot of, which I've not been able to in the last year, do a lot of lifting anyway because of surgeries I've had. And, and all I do is lift. Yeah, he does. Well, you walk with me a couple laps sometimes. Yeah. But I do a brisk three to six mile walk on a mostly daily basis in conjunction with dieting. Um, and, you know, my diet consists mostly of meat and coffee. <laughs> And apples. Um, coffee and apples are what I use when I'm feeling like I want, I don't know, I've got the munchies, I guess, when I'm feeling like I want to snack. I uh, make myself either drink coffee or eat an apple, um, depending on whether or not I'm actually hungry. So I try to only eat when I feel that feeling of hunger as well, and because I'm bad to just snack if there's food in sight. I, I can't bring anything home that is cookies or chips, or they get, I'll have like two. And then he would probably eat the whole bag. Well, you can if I'm in the right mindset. Right now you've got some of those lemon Oreos, and I hadn't had a one. And those are my favorite things. But then our um, cousin's daughter is selling Girl Scout cookies, and he's trying to buy some of that, which I want to support. I really do. Because um, she, you know, this Girl Scout cookies. She's four years old, five years old. She's getting to the age. Right. Like, so what we might do is buy some and take them to work. As far as resolution goes, like I say, we're all doing this again uh, just because we want to. It's not like we're doing this. It just so happens that we're going to Kesha's Rainbow Cruise for Richard's birthday, and that's why, um, that's his gift, and so that's, we really want to look extra good for that. We're really in the zone right now because we want to look really good. We've got outfits planned, and, you know, we want people to be envious of us. Who wouldn't want that? Um, But we're doing this for our overall health. This is not like a one-time thing and we're, we're going to be done after the cruise. No, this no, is... no, no. Mm-mm. I mean, the, the last time I lost weight in 2016, September is when I started. And by November, by Thanksgiving, started Labor Day, by Thanksgiving, I was where I wanted to be. Um, and then I kept that weight and kept at that level um, really until the cruise we went on in December 2017. Yeah. So, and then, you know, then I, I, I jumped up about, 10 pounds and stayed around there until really a couple months ago. Uh, so I got really upset a couple months ago because I found out I was going to have surgery again. 
This is the third time this year. Just over it. And it was the third time in 2018. So far in 2019, though, <laughs> zero surgeries. So yeah, it's only been five days. We're doing Six good. Days. We're doing good. Um, but that's why I've kind of backslid. I mean, it's not horrible. I'm nowhere near where I used to be, but now I'm about 20 pounds heavier than I was when I lost weight in 2016. So... You can do a resolution anytime. It just so happens that we're starting in January because we have an engagement in mid-February that we want to look really good for. So I think that's all for resolution. Um, we'll go to our next topic. Thank you. Next. For our second segment, gay culture is seasonal depression. And yes, I know that's a completely different topic than what we were previously discussing, but I think it's something worth... It's put. sad. It's sad, but it... It happens to a lot of people. It affects a lot of people, and I think a lot of gay people, because, let's face it, most of us are depressed around the holidays. Holidays with families that may not be accepting are not that good. Yeah. Yeah. All of the above. Um, it, it's been hard several, well, since Richard and I have been together, really, with, you know, with both of our families. I don't think Richard ever really had someone he brought around for holidays and I wasn't allowed to bring anyone home for the holidays mm-hmm. until Tyler for some odd reason. And I never had anyone to bring around for holidays. Um but when we first met and were together we were like, Yeah, this is pretty serious and we want this to go somewhere and fully expected it to and we wanted to be a part of each other's lives and in every way. And um you know, his family all of a sudden was more accepting, um I think your mom said that like it, we were the same size. Yeah, and it didn't I, freak her I out. I had previously dated a taller. I'm five nine, and my previous boyfriend before Tyler was six four. He was tall. He was pretty tall, and she was just like, "That really didn't match up with me." And I was like, "Okay, so height's important in a relationship." I think it was more of a thing about her convoluted sense of who's dominant and. Topping and bottoming, even though she doesn't know those terms, I think it has something to do with that. It definitely did. Because she goes to places in her mind she shouldn't go and imagining things. But and um, so anyway, I was allowed to come around, but I, I couldn't bring Richard um, to any family functions. And this was in 2011. And let me just say that today, January 6, 2019, for the first time, Richard and I went to one of my family gatherings where everyone was present. It was pretty good. No one said anything. It was very, no drama. But I don't know if we could have done it before today. I think that the stars aligned for it to just work out today. Um, But, you know, here we are seven years and, I don't know, five or six months later. Yeah. And that's how long it took. So. Some of them were accepting, had wanted us to be there, and others were like, no, you can't be there. Well, most of them. Literally two people. Two people. Two people. Yeah. Um, I mean, everybody else at this point have been really open, and it, my parents included have been open and wonderful and, and love us, and, um, I, you know, especially my grandmother, she's been great. They've all have been. We went to the several vacations with them and with my aunts and uncles, and it's been wonderful, but these particular two people um, just didn't, you know. Um, and I've really not really talked to them openly in a couple years because we kind of had a falling out through text messaging. Um, that was not fun. But um, I just think we all need to try to move forward and at least tolerate each other and be in each other's present and presence and be kind to each other. Especially while people are around. Yeah, I don't think it's asking for too much. Um, you know, I think life's too short to 
you know, divulge pettiness. Um, so, anyway. Yeah. Um, so, Elder Brajan. <laughs> I think every year we generally get in this kind of funk when, it, well, it's when the time changes in early November, like right after Halloween. Halloween's wonderful. We love fall. We love October. He loves fall. I love fall. <laughs> I love October. I love Halloween. You love Halloween. Everyone loves Halloween. So, he doesn't love a chance to dress up. Right. Be all slutty and everything. Right. Well, because the one time this, I think maybe Bob the Drag Queen said there's two kinds of drag queens. There's pride drag queens and there's Halloween drag queens. Because you either start at pride or on Halloween. If you say so. So, yeah, Bob said that. Okay. I don't remember if it was on the show or when we saw him live one of the times we saw him. Um, her, excuse me. But, um, yeah, time to dress up. So we love, we love that holiday. I mean, I really love fall and the feeling, and I always have. My birthday's in September, so it's a fall birthday, and I think, you know, the time of year that you're born is always kind of special to you, um, in some way, or at least that's true for me. Um, so I love that time of year, but once Halloween's over, it's like, great, we have a week before the time changes and it's dark when we leave work. And then once the time changes, it's horrible. But I think I've always had kind of, you know, Thanksgiving and Christmas and New Year's are things to look forward Barring to. Barring all the family issues associated with the holidays. So you at least right. get to look forward to... There's other events to look forward to. Right. We have Friendsgiving. We have Friendsmas. You know, we have little small events with sections of family yeah. that are fun. We go through, you know shows and um, ballets and things of that nature. We like to go watch those types of things. And so we always have something planned during those months. Um, but then after Christmas, well, after Christmas, that week's pretty good. Although the last couple of years, I've been, we've both been sick right. between Christmas and New Year's Day for whatever reason. Um, I don't really look forward to December anymore. Yeah. Um, it's not bad. It goes by pretty quickly. Well, Christmas is fine, but my sister did pass away two years ago. She uh, did in uh, December. She had gastric cancer. Yeah. Didn't, know, didn't about know about it. We yeah. were riding down a water slide on Friday, and the next Friday she had died. Yeah. Didn't even know it. Um, yeah. It was a kind big of, water slide, too. I mean, it was kind of a sad thing, but so I don't really look forward. It is. Yeah. It, yeah. Nothing I really look forward to anymore. Yeah. And so that's why seasonal depression is even worse for me now. Yeah, and, um, and also my cousin passed away um, three years ago now, this month, um, during winter time, and he was close to my age, and we were very close growing up, and um, really more like a brother to me. Um, um, and he actually passed away um, the same year that uh, Richard's sister did, just in January, and she was in December. Uh, 2016 was a horrible... It was a pretty rough year. It was a pretty rough year. I mean, Trump got elected. I mean, that that was that was that was bad. And this just made it worse. Don't say his name. <laughs> no, he is Voldemort. I don't even say his name. Um, he does not. Tyler does not give him the title. But let me tell you why. Um, I, it's not that I don't think that it's not that I try to pretend he doesn't exist or that I'm scared of him. I just think that he seeks fame. And you know what? No, we're cutting this part out. Because by my own. This is hypocritical to even be talking about him. Fine. So, I mean, because we're really going to have him on our podcast? Nah. Give him more fame? No. Bye. Cut, 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 cut. 2016 was a, a rough year. So, but we're a few years out from that now. Um, but it's still hard when the time changes. So something that I do to displace 
the seasonal depression is I watch The Office on Netflix every year. Yay. Every year. I start with season one on January 1st, and we usually go on a family vacation with Richard's family the first weekend of March, and then right after that, the time changes back. So, usually watch The Office the months of January and February, and it really gets me through. I mean, some days I literally come home and just watch The Office after work just so that I can make it to bedtime to get up the next day and do it all over again just so I can make it to March. Um... Because I really hate this time of year. Even though Richard's birthday is... It's in, in February. Is, is in February. And we do have the Kesha cruise. We try to... We usually plan vacations and trips during these months. Especially somewhere tropical. Yeah. Somewhere warm. Somewhere to get yeah. away from these, you know, cold Virginia mountains. Right. Um, we, we hate this time of year, but if we can get away and pretend that <laughs> it's not cold and it's not depressing and dark, then, yeah, we usually can make it. And this year, I think, especially since we're going on the cruise a couple weeks before we go on vacation um, with your family, it'll be much easier because um, last year we also had a cruise in December um, well you had graduated right yeah so right, that, was, yeah. that was something yeah special. I had a graduation right before and that was a, a celebratory of that my favorite like, was to do cruises it was also a good excuse to go on a cruise who are we kidding though um, so but we do try to do things that are fun and have things planned <laughs> during these months just to get us through um And it's, I think it's somewhat maybe genetic. I don't know. It just affects a lot of people. I know that my family has several people that hate this time of year. Richard's family as well. My mom and, is pretty I mean, bad. his mom is. I mean, Laura really was. Laura was. Your sister. My sister, yeah. And um, I think your brother, too. I mean, I think it's just, it's hard. And it hits people in different ways. Mm-hmm. So it could be, you know, lethargy. You're just mm-hmm. tired feeling. You don't want to do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, just... Yeah, like I said, if you come more. home and watch The Office and try to make it to bedtime so you can go to sleep and get up the next day and you're one day closer to spring. Yeah. I mean, that's... I really don't have anything that I cope with seasonal depression with Yeah, that I've identified. Right. Well, and The Office thing for me, I mean, I, I have shows and movies I watch throughout the year on a schedule and only watch them during that time. Like Harry Potter in June. July, whatever, because that's when his birthday is. Oh, okay, I usually start. I try to read through some of the books, though Harry Potter during the summer. So I usually start that in June. Oh, but I watch the movies the week of his the week leading up to his birthday, um, and then in let's see, in November I watch the Hunger Games, and then the beginning of December I usually watch Twilight. I think those have something to do with that's the around that's the times that those movies were released. In real life, I don't work this way at all. You know, so in the office, and there's a show I watch it. Yeah, I'm done with it. Yeah, so in the office in January, February, Um, and then throughout the year, and of course we watch RuPaul's Drag Race as it happens, and then we own every season. So I watch those usually when I'm during those periods where I don't have scheduled things to watch, and of course new shows come out that we want to watch, and so. We also watch Outlander on Stars. We love that show and watch it as, as it happens. And we've watched every season of Doctor Who, at least the, the new Doctor Who, um, starring with Christopher Eccleston in 2005. Um, we watched all those seasons. And we love Jodie Whittaker. Yeah, Jodie Whittaker's The Doctor is great. It's great to have a female Doctor. Yeah. 
I think the writing could be a little bit better. Yeah, the overarching story. They've been good episodes. Episodes are great. I love her as a doctor. But the overarching theme, there really wasn't one, and that was pretty disappointing. Mm -hmm. I mean, it wasn't like a Russell T. Davies or Stephen Moffat type style of writing. The first episode of the season and the last episode of the season were connected, but there really wasn't anything in between, really. To tie them in. I mean, other than the fact we were learning about her companions' kind of backstories a little bit throughout the season there really wasn't any overarching storyline and I'm so glad on the New Year's episode they finally did something with the Daleks because yes. you gotta have at least with every Doctor one time something with the Daleks and eventually we'll have our Cybermen right yeah. but honestly this is like well. I think this New Year's show was one of my favorite. it was pretty good Dalek episodes. It was. It was one of the better Dalek episodes. Yeah, I it think. really was. So it was worth the wait. The season was worth the wait for the Dalek episode, if nothing else. But we do really enjoy her, um, and I really liked her in Broadchurch. Um, I didn't on, watch that. Yeah, because it has David Tennant and Jodie Whittaker, so really it's got two Doctors in it. So it was really enjoyable. Um, but I also was watching it, you know, really close to when Richard's sister had died, and it's about the death of Jodie Whittaker's character's son and kind of how the whole town, you know, is upset over that and who did it and whatnot. It's a great show. Um, but when depressing things happen for me, I try to watch and read more depressing. Things that are more depressing and worse than what I'm going through. Where's the thing Richard I guess by. that makes sense for you, but I always like, I need happy things. Doing the happy things. <laughs> Give me something happy. I need um, a happy ending. Yeah. Yeah. And I like that too, but books that I read, you know, we're talking about Seasonal Depression, The Great Alone by Kristen Hanna, which honestly, one of the, if not the best book that came out in 2018. Um, it was about a family that moves to Alaska and they live in this t- period where it's dark for months and months and months and it's just like frigid consistent winter and I would hate that that would be completely horrible I think I and it, the book's kind of about them you know going a little wild and kind of losing themselves and that's what would happen to me I think if I go out there I don't think I would be able to handle it the constant darkness um, that lasts for months and then the couple months where you have to kind of gather all your stuff up and prepare for the winter um, I, I wouldn't enjoy that so I don't think anyone would enjoy it, like darkness for that long. I don't. Well, the characters in the book, I mean, it was well researched, and I, th- I think some people are made for it. And I think, you know, I think a lot of people that grew up knowing that don't really know any different. Um, and I think, in some sense, enjoy it, enjoy being able to thrive and survive in that kind of. I mean, there's something to be said for that that you can survive in that. Oh yeah. And still be a sane person. Um, so I think that people that probably grew up there, or, and I think people can maybe move there and enjoy it and really get something out of it and be proud, and they should be, of uh, being able to live in those conditions. Um, but girl, not me. <laughs> I don't think I could do it either. I mean, it'd be hard. It'd be, you know, if seasonal depression is still kicks in, then... I don't think I'd make it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, supposedly it has, you know, to do with, you know, the time change, the lack of sunshine, people's vitamin D levels going down. Yeah. Yeah. Because here I'm talking about, you know, getting the first few, the first half of winter, we're like building up to Thanksgiving and Christmas and looking forward to those things and going to the beach with my aunt and uncle and 
getting ready for all these get-togethers where we exchange presents and spend time with each other and listen to music and have good food. And then after that's over, we've got... Nothing. Um, <laughs> well, we've got nothing, but I've got the office, you know, Richard's birthday. Um, we usually plan some other things. But really, it's just getting through a couple months for us, and then we're good. Um, I think, too, even November, December, there may be some carryover from still being in a positive mood throughout August, October, September. You know, I think there's some kind of leftovers from that. Well, you can still go out and enjoy outdoor activities. You can. Hiking and camping. Right. Those are good weather times right. for that. Right. Because, so, okay. you know, you really can't go hiking in... Well, you can go hiking in cold, depressing, snowy weather, but, mm-hmm. you know, it's not very enjoyable. Well, when we the last place we lived, there was lots of hiking opportunities, and we, well, we we for a couple of years we went on Thanksgiving Day because our thanks we usually both had to work on Wednesday before Thanksgiving and Friday after Thanksgiving, and we were only off on Thanksgiving Day. So our tradition there was to go hiking, go eat a Cracker Barrel, and then go shopping at Best Buy and Target. Right, and we did that for. About four years yeah, while we were it was, there. It was enjoyable. Um, and it was kind of My a good tradition. My really like it. No. <laughs> but um, actually, this very microphone we're using now came from one of those Black Friday. I'm sure this was an add-on item because I needed deals. to get over a certain amount to have some financing. He did. <laughs> but um, that's where it came from. And it was a good tradition to have just for the two of us. And actually, I think one year I got my ears pierced um, out of it. Because we went to the mall or after we went to Cracker Barrel. Oh, I don't even remember that. Yeah, that was one year. Um, so, you know, there were, we were able to make that and make our own tradition. And this year has been kind of... Because now, where we're living now is where all of our families live. And so, we've it, been thrown back into all of the traditions we had growing up. And, and it was a whirlwind. I mean, it was like yeah. one day we had to go to three different Christmases... With three. Three. One for breakfast, one for lunch, one for supper. It was, we didn't know where we were. No. It was like, okay, who's, are, are the presents in the car? Do we have this person's present? It was wild. But it was fun. I mean, it was good. But, you know, now that that's over, we're trying to get through until time changes mm-hmm. again. Yeah. Yeah. And doing that the best we can. Well, and see, too, now we're back with family and friends we grew up with, so we're trying to go to everything that we're invited to, whereas when we lived four hours away, we just went to the most important things, which are like things with our parents, things with our siblings, things with our grandparents, period. Um, And if we could work in friends and extend a family, we did, but it was just almost impossible to do. It was impossible to do that over a weekend. Living that far away. Um, but now, since we're here, we can do stuff during the week, we can do multiple things on the weekend, because we're not having to uh, figure in four hours of driving here and back there. Um, so that has been nice, but we did, you know, we're very busy um, during December, and that's not necessarily been the case, you know, the past several years. No, not at all. Um because we weren't forced to be at all these things and we kind of could take it easy and just do our shopping as we wanted to. And that's even another thing, you know, do my shopping there. I didn't know all these people. Here you can't go to any store without running into five people you know, and I forget that. And I get so focused on what I'm doing, I don't look at people's faces because before we lived, we didn't know anyone, so I wasn't, like, actively looking for people to say, oh, hello, how are you, let's catch up. 
And here, people come up to me and like, and are you not going to speak to me? It's an affront to their like self-dignity if you don't talk to them. Yeah, they just can't believe it. And I'm like, I wasn't looking for you. I was not looking for anybody, and I really didn't mean anything by it. The only way I would have seen you is if you were standing in front of the item I came to purchase. So, you know, don't take offense to it. Just say hello to me, and I will be kind to you. I wanted to say, because, you know, like I said, we have our things about seasonal depression. You know, I just want to make sure that if something that's y'all experience, that, you know, you try to find something to identify what makes you feel better, um, you know, if you need to talk to somebody. Mm-hmm. I always mm-hmm. feel like it's an important plug to make sure that you seek help if help is needed. Right. Um, and have things to look forward to. I mean, I, I know with seasonal depression and any depression, there's definitely the you know, suicide comes up, uh, I've contemplated it before. I have too. And, um, you know, when you have things to look forward to, I think you're less likely. And that's something I learned from a counselor many years ago. But when you have things to look forward to, you know, you're less likely to want to harm yourself because there are things worth living for, even if they may be small. Even if it's just, oh, yay, I'm going to watch The Office again on Netflix. I mean, that's why I only reserve it for January and February, because if I just watched it any time of year, it wouldn't be special. If I just watched it throughout the year, random episodes anytime I want to, but I have that to look forward to for these months, and that's why we plan trips during these winter months a lot, um, just because it's just a much more difficult time for us, for many reasons. I think we had seasonal depression before you know these tra- tragic deaths, but since those have happened, it's just been even harder for us and for our family and extended family um, to get through this season. So um, I think it's important just for you to know that there are people that experience the same thing and um, if you have things to look forward to, you're more likely to to make it out alive. (laughs) Well, I mean, I always think of like when you talk about, you know, being sad, I always think of like Albus Dumbledore's quote to, you know, to Harry, it says, happiness can be found in the darkest of times if one remembers to turn on the light. Yeah, you have to turn on the light. Can't nobody do it for you. You can happy, and you shouldn't let your happiness, though, depend on other people, but but you have to take action to get help from other people. Yeah. Um, And lots of times they won't know um, that you're going through anything if you don't tell someone, but if you tell someone, they can help you. That's pretty important. Yeah. It is. But enough about that. Let's move on to our next topic. So our final segment today is gay culture is talking about RuPaul's Drag Race. So we both have a history of, of RuPaul's Drag Race. Um, I've watched it since season one. Um, Richard has now watched all of the seasons. I finally watched all of them. So, but I didn't start till season eight. He started in season eight. I've tried to get him to watch it for years. Um, you know, when we first met, I was very into it, because um, I had been watching since season one. I know lots of trivia about it. I really love what it is. Um, if they make a trivial pursuit, he would probably win most of the time. Probably. Um, I'm no Sasha Bell, though. <laughs> I don't even he has no idea what I, I have yeah. no idea what that means. He has no idea. Um, she's the one on season seven that was like, I've cracked the code, oh. and I'm going to win, and she like went home second. Oh, okay. Well, so, I'm glad you know that. Piece of trivia. See, right. I'm like, She's I remember her. That but... had the, they were like wearing nude illusion. 
and she had a black bra strap in the back. Oh, okay. and they were like really. Oh, girl. yeah, I remember that mm-hmm. read. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, well, my history of like drag in general was not very good. Um, it was a part of gay culture that I didn't really identify with, and when I was thrown into uh, my coming out process, that was pretty much the only insight that my parents knew about, so they automatically thought that I was going to go be a drag queen, and that was really something I did not identify myself as ever wanting to be, so I was like, I don't think this is what being gay is all about, but for some people, that is, but I really didn't appreciate it because being thrown into that label that I didn't really felt like I matched to, um, just kind of did not go with the image that I had created for myself, and overall just did not lead to happy moments in my life. Didn't you hang out with some drag queens I that did. didn't really care for? I didn't really care for. They were into things that I definitely was not into. Um, there were some inappropriate things done to me by drag queens. Um, that Your first experience was just a bad experience. And my first experience so. was not very good. But I think... What I have found from RuPaul's Drag Race is it's very different. And I think overall he has definitely helped change the culture and the mindset that I've had for drag. um, Because it's not a bad form of art. It's, I enjoy it. Just like anything else, there are many different people that make up this subculture. Um, You know, no two drag queens are the same. No two gay people are the same. You know, two trans people are the same. It's just, you can't stereotype a whole community based on a bad experience with one person. I mean, but you were 18. I was 18. That would do it to you. You know, that's what you do when you're 18. Yeah. You just, you kind of stay away from things that you think are going to harm you. And so that's completely understandable. Um, But, you know, I always enjoyed the drag shows I went to, you know, around 2008 and 9 and... Um, when Drag Race was starting, and it was new and fresh, and I just really loved um, the competition part of it, because I was really into um, America's Next Top Model, so and have been for a few years. So this was like a version of America's Next Top Model, but with gay men dressed as women, and I loved it. And there was more to it than just looks. They had to have lots and lots of different talents. And whereas in America's Next Top Model, like, after watching Drag Race, like, American Next Top Model, like, like, what do they do? <laughs> I never watched it. I like, can't comment do? on it. Like, so. they don't have, like, they literally every week pose differently in different types of outfits. And I, there's a little bit more to it, but in Drag Race, you have to serve a look on top of... Having charisma, uniqueness, nerve, and talent. Well, having all these other talents <laughs> and being able to do all these other things. So, now, all that being said... Our topic is not gay culture is a love of RuPaul's Drag Race. It's talking about it because it can be a very polarizing thing within the LGBTQ community. Um, Do we love it? Do we hate it? Do we hate to love it or do we love to hate it? Well, I think all those things are true. Um, You know, like I said, I personally love it. And I like to watch the episodes while they're happening. Well, he does. He watches 
watches it while it's happening. Um, but during the off season, he's like, eh, I don't know if I really care. We own all the seasons um, from iTunes. And I when not, don't have those other things scheduled to watch that we talked about earlier. Drag Race is on my TV. Then I watch Drag Race. I watch old episodes. I go through each season. and Or I kind of pick and choose episodes because I've seen them all multiple times. But it's just, I, I love the show. Um, and what it, mostly what it stands for. Um, and I know, too, we've talked about there's a difference in being a drag fan and being a RuPaul's Drag Race fan. Um, you have to support your local queens. I think that's important. It is. I mean, um, even coming from me, I feel like mm-hmm. um, they had to get there somehow. And to to do that, you have to establish yourself as a local person because mm-hmm. it's they do give back to the community. And that is something that I have found through watching RuPaul's Drag Race, mm-hmm. still continuing going to Pride, right. especially how well drag has done to let us be who we are. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is one of the key important things about drag. Well, the visibility, like he said, his parents having really kind of negative, you know, things in their mind of all LGBT people in general based on drag queens and not even... Probably drag queens like Divine that they had seen in movies, and Divine was very disgusting, and she loved it, and, you know, I, I love Divine. Um, but they probably were based on characters like that. They had to be effeminate, lispy, not... His parents had quote that. Quote-unquote masculine. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. that's what you had to be to be gay, and that's not really... That's me. not true. It's, it's not. Simply, it's just simply not so. Um, but I think, too, it really for Richard maybe hit home when Eureka from season 9 and 10 and the Hall of Slay Spectacular. Um, we knew her before she went on, all, well, we didn't know her, but we had been to several shows and met her a few times um, when we were in Johnson City, Tennessee, before she was ever on the show. And it was that was really the first queen, I guess, where we really knew their work well yes, before yeah. they were on the show. So that's um, why I felt like it was good, because I knew how, how what she did for our local community and mm-hmm. what she has gone on to do. It's just great. Yeah. And she was always awesome. I mean, when we did go to drag shows at the bar she was at, which is New Beginnings in Johnson City, Tennessee, which we love, um, when we did go to the drag shows, we always went to the ones when she was there, and she was our favorite one. You know when there's talent in the room and when there's not. Yeah, I'll say that. Something that, um, in one of the early Spongebob episodes, um, when Squidward is trying to play his clarinet during the, I think it's the episode where Spongebob is like, he comes out to um, scrub the stage down with like a mop, and they all clap at how wonderful he is. And Squidward's like, no, I need to do it. Let me try. And he comes out and plays clarinet, and um, they start throwing tomatoes and things at him. And he's like, you wouldn't know talent if it bit you in the face or something, I don't know. But anyway, everyone starts screaming, yeah, no, no talent, talent, no talent. And so I like to yell that a lot when I'm not enjoying a performance or a TV show. Or It's an inside joke for sure, but, yeah. you know. Anyway, so there were a few times, all that to say, there were a few times um, at, at some drag shows. Not just there, but, you know. Just, we've, we've, been been to, we've been to different ones. I've been to, like, play in Nashville. Yeah. And... Um, some locally, North mm-hmm. Carolina. Mm-hmm. But so I went in Portugal. That was interesting. Um, but Although I quite don't remember most of it. No. <laughs> um, all that to say, though, that sometimes, you know, there will be people in town. But outwardly, though, you still want to support them. 
um, because we all have times of life where we're going through things and we're figuring out who we are. And if someone is brave enough to um, perform in that capacity, then you probably should try to support them as much as you can. Um, so, but yes, with each other, we would definitely go home and critique everyone. Oh yeah. So, not that we could do it ourselves. I, I no, I, <laughs> I can barely like I can't sing. Uh, I'm definitely not talented. I would be. I don't even think I could lip sync. Uh, I would definitely not even know my words. It would be a very uh, Valentina moment. Whatever you could lip sync to a Lorena McKinnon song. Yeah, well, I could. Cause but she's... it wouldn't be very much entertaining because it's very slow. And I mean, it's a good song. She's great. We love her. And Richard met her a couple years ago, and it was one of the greatest moments of his life. Well, yeah, considering that I've known about her since I was 10 years old. But also, Lorena McKinnon's birthday is in February. Yeah. And so he also feels that connection with her. And, um,. I mean, I love her music, too, and I had heard the one song that was really popular. The Mummer's Dance. The Mummer's Dance, around 1997, maybe. Um, it was popular then, and I'd heard it, but that was the only song by her I'd really heard. Well, I'd heard songs that she performs, because I love Celtic Woman, so, and they perform some of the same songs. She's kind of very Celtic-sounding, and, um, but anyway, she's great. But you probably could listen to her. Now, I am a um, classically trained vocalist. So, I do sing. Um, and You're in a choral group. I am in a choral group. I've been in many different choirs um, and um, enjoy that. Um, I majored music for a little while, um, but I just didn't know if that would be... I enjoy it as um, working on as a talent on the side, but I didn't know if I would... After I got into it, I didn't know if I wanted to make a career out of teaching voice. So... And that's kind of where, that's what I, that's what my goal was when I was majoring in music. And then after I got further into it, I just kind of realized that that was maybe not what I wanted to do as a career. So, but I think it, you know, I've taken voice lessons since I was like 16. Um, so, um, I at least did get that out of it. Yeah. It's, it's worth it. It's nice to hear him sing. I want him to sing more. And sometimes I like to, Hey, it's, karaoke night you want to go sing he's like no i don't like to be asked or <laughs> felt like i'm being pressured into doing something because i do so much better when i just do something on my own um because i feel like it was my decision and that i made it and i don't like to be told or to be planned and that's why i really hate going to karaoke's because i do sing and i do think i sing very well and um but i hate the expectation that as soon as we get there, everybody's like, all right, what are you going to sing? Like, I'm definitely going to do it. And it's, it's strange, but I'm like, well, if you hadn't said anything, then I would have. Yeah. But now if that we're I talking asked, about it, do it, but now that we're talking about it, I really don't want to. Um, and he still hadn't learned that. I still, still hadn't learned that. Every time. So, and if only they would all just shut up, I would sing for them when we go to karaoke. Well. But no one ever does. So, here we are. We know Drag Race can be very polarizing. A lot of people don't like it. A lot of people think that it does look We have bad. gay friends who are like, I've never watched that at all. And they it's do. really odd because I, I, I expect a lot of the gay friends that we have to be all in on it. And mm-hmm. not maybe not know as much as Tyler, but at least know as much as me. At least watch it. At least know maybe who some of the winners are and that it exists and what it does for our community. Um, but And it's not like they don't, it's not like they hate it. They just don't know about it. And so when we get in a discussion about Drag Race, they're very lost. 
Yeah. Um, or they're like a couple seasons behind. Um, we have one friend who he loves it, but he doesn't watch it as it happens. He goes back later and watches it. And girl, I don't know how you would do that because I can't. I couldn't get on social media. Yeah, it's like he can't even get on Reddit or anything until he has watched that episode. Yeah. And that is annoying, because we cannot be anywhere on Fridays except in front of our television now. No. Well, and <laughs> when we, um, we were actually in Portugal when the, when Sasha Valor won in 2017, in 2017, we were in Portugal when that episode aired, because um, I was there for a few weeks, and I, I watched the um, reunion episode in Portugal, because they have it on Netflix over there, it was so fancy. Um, but I watched that over there, and then the finale aired, like, but it took a few days to be posted on Netflix over there, so I didn't watch it immediately. The finale aired, and then it wasn't posted yet, and then we were flying back to America, like, the next day. And so we did, and we ended up back at Richard's parents' house, and they don't have really good internet service, and so we were trying to watch it, and it wouldn't load. So we finally got it, um... I think we went somewhere and downloaded it, um, yeah. like Starbucks or something, and, and downloaded the episode onto our iPad, and we finally watched it. But I think Richard ended up seeing the winner on Twitter. Like, while we were watching the episode, he forgot what he was doing and got on social media, because we hadn't been on it, really. Yeah, I had kind of ruined it for myself. So he already knew, and I was like, nope, don't tell me we're this close. So we were, like, 20 minutes away from seeing the ending, and um, so... But we watched it and it was great and I was. It was an iconic moment. It was. It was. It was so much. It was such a good love scene. I mean, I was all. I was Team Shea the day that Eureka went home. <laughs> yeah, I was Sasha after Eureka. Because we went were home. Team Eureka, but when she went home, I was like, "All right, well, I've got to pick another favorite." And I, I really, en- I fully enjoyed Shay's portrayal of Black China. Sorry, Nina Bonina Brown, but I fully enjoyed Shay's portrayal. Of Black China, and from then on, I was sold, and I wanted her to do well. But you know, when Sasha Valor did the so emotional with the rose petals, there's just—I mean—that's one of the most iconic moments of Drag Race, and there's just no. It was very it. emotional. There was no way that Shay Goulet was moving on at that point. Um, but fully still enjoy her, um, both of them, and all the arc they do. That's a—I really wish that somehow that season that that. Shay and Sasha had been in the final lip sync together, and there had been like a, a double crowning, like there had been two winners of the season because they talked about doing that in season six with Adore and Bianca, but they didn't. That was one of the tape, the um, finale. That was one of the um, endings that they taped, though, was two of them winning together. Um, and if there, but if it was ever actually deserved, I think that Shay and Sasha together deserved it. And yeah. I know yeah. statistically with the challenges, Shay won the most. But I think there were several that Sasha should have won that other people that was given to other people. So, but but that all being said, the fan base gets really upset over anything. Anything. So, but the fact of the matter is, there's ten to fourteen queens competing, and everybody has a favorite, and not everybody's favorite is going to win. And so, when someone's favorite doesn't win for whatever reason, other people are mad, and that's just how it is. And it's been amplified every year, and that's just how it's always going to be. Well, it makes good TV drama. It does, but I think really the I think the first season that it was really bad, like social media wise, and like with fans attacking other queens, was when All Stars Two happened and Alaska won. Which I would just say that Alaska is my favorite um, Rue girl 
hands down, um, of all time. Um, she's just my favorite. I love everything about her. I love my her favorite humor. changes depending on the day. It's I love the kimchi. I love like the kimchi. looks that she serves. Oh, um, we need to watch the pit stop this week. Okay, because it has kimchi. Oh yeah, I think it was kimchi. Um, she's in like this teddy bear looking. Rag. Oh, well, it that would be interesting. I mean, awesome. she just has looks that it you just like, don't see anywhere else. Yeah, and it was kind of like, like a onesie, and they were calling her Megan Trainer for Megan Trainer wore that unicorn onesie. But this was not like this was like a, a high fashion. fully yeah. <laughs> well, like, I don't know if I'd say high fashion, but it was a fully thought out, planned onesie. It, what, 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 it was more of a costume. It was like a teddy bear costume, and her face was still made up. Um, it was still it was still drag. Um, I enjoy following Raja, the win- season three winner, Raja, her Facebook page because she will post these different types of unconventional ways that people dress up. And she's like, this is drag. This is drag. This is drag. And it's really cool things. Um, well, pretty I can't think of one like right now. But... Well, I like RuPaul saying Oh, that. I can think of one. There's one where these people were in this My Little Pony Top costume, and they were lip syncing to "I'm Telling You I'm Not Going" from Showgirls. The Showgirls. I have no idea. The Showgirls. Yeah, they did Showgirls. But anyway, I'm telling you, not I'm not going. And it was like they were in a My Little Pony costume, but it was really, really cool. And um, they moved, and they moved the mouth, and Raja. That was one of the things Raja was like, "This is drag." So fully enjoyed that, and so just follow Raja's Facebook page, and you'll see cool things like that because. I do enjoy that they're pushing kind of the boundaries on what drag is, um, especially this season with, with Gia Gunn on All-Stars 4. I'm glad there's a trans person on there. I hate that maybe maybe she was like a token so that they could say, see, we're not transphobic because of RuPaul's comments earlier this year, or their last year, excuse me. Um, so, But either way, she was on there, and I loved it and lived for it and loved Gia Gunn. Um, but absolutely. I think, yeah, absolutely. But I think um, that a lot of the, the current queens are changing things up and the way that drag is done and the way it's perceived. Well, drag is supposed to be something that I think constantly develops and changes over time because you look at what I've I've noticed and like that I don't really know that much about drag as much as Tyler, but you have like those club kid looks mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that we've seen in pre- previous episodes of it at least. Mm-hmm. Um, well, the reason I really enjoyed Sasha Velour is she was really high fashion. Naomi Smalls is really high fashion. It's not, I mean, I think a good example of, you know, B.B. Zaharbonnet when she was on season one and when she was on All Stars 3, um, I don't know that her looks were really that much different. And especially with her final look on All Stars 3 with that little plastic cheetah lion head whatever it was on her head it was just kind of like this is like really costumey and really kind of i think if she had had that lion head off her outfit would have looked a ton better she should have had on a wig it was just weird it was just weird for me so but seeing that that and things like that i mean i think a lot of her dragon was stepped up but i don't know that she really had changed a whole lot um, and drag in 2009 and drag in 2019 are not the same animal at all. I mean, they're related distantly, but it's not the same at all. Well, they always comment that as the seasons progress through RuPaul's Drag Race, the expectations are a lot higher they based are. on what they have seen mm-hmm. before, the mm-hmm. evolution that drag has right. has 
went through. Yeah. Well, and you know, Gia said, um, you know, that the drag is an art form, and she was participating as a trans woman, and you know, I appreciate that because it doesn't matter who's doing it. You know, drag comes from Shakespeare. You know, dressed as girl. That's what it said in the um, the play notes, I guess, and that's how you knew that it was a a man versus a woman. But you can be anybody and be dressed as a girl. I buy women's clothes all the time. I bought a lot of them for the cruise we're going on in February. <laughs> so, and that's why I hate how shoe sizes and, um, you know, t-shirt size. I know they're a little bit different um, because, you know, most women have breasts and most men have penises. And so there's, you have to have, if you have a penis, you have to have the area in your, you have to have room in your pants for it to be contained. If you have breasts, you have to have room in your shirt for them to be contained. So I get that there are different cuts that allow those things to happen. But overall, I hate that there are different size charts or levels for different genders. I don't know why we couldn't be all measured the same. Well, it's kind of like having razors. You have men's razors and women's razors. That's the dumbest. No, no. The dumbest thing we have seen recently was we bought earplugs at Target. <laughs> yeah. And they were out of, quote, men's earplugs, but they had women's, women's earplugs. earplugs. Oh, they happened to be pink as well. That so. was the only difference. Yeah. They were Blue. not. Because at first we were like, well, maybe the ear hole size is different. But no, no, girl. The They were pink. The women's were pink and the men's were blue. And that was literally the only difference. And that is fragile masculinity. Yeah. <laughs> because God forbid I'd be a man and wear pink. Right. Right. I mean... Just, but just overall, in general, just having, you know... Gendered, gendered items. items. Uh-huh. Especially related to, uh, men, like, even a men's toothbrush or a women's toothbrush. I mean, you, you see teeth. these things. It's teeth. teeth. I mean, other or than the body things... body wash. Right. Or... Other than the things that make our bodies different, if you have... If you, know, if you need um, maxi pads and tampons, things like that, that's different. If you need a bra, not every person needs a bra... I don't know why there have to be gendered anythings. Baby clothes. Baby yeah. clothes. That's, that's ridiculous. Um, oh, oh, what I really think is ridiculous is gender reveal parties. Yeah, because you don't really know how someone is going to identify. It do, yes, exactly. Until much later. Because you're celebrating the gender they were assigned at birth, not what gender they may actually be. And, you know, in my family it's always like, we really don't want to know as long as it's happy and healthy and that was a thing. And they didn't, you know, they didn't find out. My parents didn't find out with me or my brother. And my mom's told me, you know, at the baby, I was like, so what'd you get your baby shower? She's like, well, we got some, quote, girl gifts and boy gifts and some things that were yellow. So, um, but it's interesting because one of the things they got at my baby shower was a pink hairbrush. And they actually did use it to brush my hair when I was a little baby. And then it was kept in the same drawer in the bathroom for a few years after that. Because I remember being young and still using it, like, myself. Going in there and getting the pink hairbrush and brushing my hair with it. And I think when I started asking oh, for so that's Barbies... that's why you're gay. Well, <laughs> I think when I started asking for Barbies, <laughs> they were like, well, maybe we... Because I think at some point it just disappeared. I don't really remember. Maybe I asked for them to get rid of it. I don't know. Um, but... You know, I have to say, my parents were always very good about letting me do what I wanted to do to be happy. They didn't force me to play sports I didn't want to play. I asked for Barbie dolls for Christmas, and I got them. 
and they didn't think twice about it. Um, they just wanted me to be happy and content, and that was their main goal. Oh, in my family, you couldn't play with Barbie dolls because that was gay. Those were for girls only. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, even action figure type things, you know, they were. I had to play with the trucks. Yeah, it's sad. Well, until I had Power Rangers, and so when I played Power Rangers too, I had I would play like my Barbies were Power Rangers out of their uniforms, and then they would morph, and I would just switch over to the one to the Power Ranger. Yeah, that's I mean, I had a lot of Disney Barbies. I mean, I had Beauty and the Beast, and I had Aladdin and Jasmine, and I had Ariel and Eric. But then I also started getting into Barbie and Skipper and Ken and. Um, just to have those, I think one of them I really remember was Ken in a bathing suit. Like, that was all it was. It was Ken, and he had on a pink bathing suit. And that's what, oh, and I think he came with flip-flops. That's what he came with. Um, so, I don't know. Fully enjoyed that. But I think I made him the Red Ranger. What I remember. So, anyway. We'll talk about Power Rangers on another episode. I think we could probably talk a lot about that. Oh, yeah. Because girl gay culture is Power Rangers. I don't care what you say. No. Gay culture is wanting to be wanting to be the pink ranger when you're a young boy. So, anyway, don't know how we got from drag race to this, but I fully enjoyed it. Well, like I think, like RuPaul says, you know, we're all born naked and the rest is drag. So, right, you you kind of make yourself up to who you would like to be, mm-hmm. and so by doing that, you're you're. I'd, you're bringing the identification of who you want to be mm-hmm. to a full realization. Yeah. Because you know what I almost said when I was talking about the Power Rangers? I almost said that the Barbies were the Power Rangers out of drag. I mean, I stopped myself, but I almost said that. Yeah. So I think that does ring true that, you know, we're all born naked and the rest is drag. Everything we put on and dress ourselves with is our choice. It is. And it's a fashion choice. We're not confined to any kind of rules as to what they are. Um, it's just that, you know, if you're, if you're assigned a male at birth and you grow up as male, um, and you want to wear women's clothing, you just have to figure out what sizes you wear in women's clothing. Cause ain't nobody going to tell you, your parents probably ain't going to tell you. They might. I hope so. Um, and if you are that kid that has those parents, then I'm so jealous right now because you have to figure it out on your own. Um, but that's something you can do. Um, because you can wear whatever you want to do. You just know what size to wear. So we're on the same size scale, yeah. size chart. <laughs> like we're, uh, we wear a size, what, 32, and that could be a size 10 or something in women's clothes. Like, that just does not make any sense. Except Crocs, though. You know, i got to give a shout-out to Crocs, because on most Crocs, they put on the bottom the men's size and the women's size of the shoe. So at least they are trying. Yeah. I mean, they're not completely reinventing the size chart for shoe sizes, but... They are letting you, men and women, look at the same pair of shoes, and you could buy it as either gender, and yeah. not have to wonder what size you're supposed to be wearing. And I love that about Crocs. I wear Crocs all the time, but not on the cruise. <laughs> well, I hope y'all enjoyed our first podcast. Uh, again, we talked about how gay culture is New Year's resolutions. How you don't have to have a resolution made at New Year's. You can kind of do that at any time. Mm-hmm. And it can be you know, brought on by an event you're getting ready for, such as Cash's Rainbow Cruise. A wedding. Uh, yeah. Whatever. You know, just the fact that you want to make a change. Mm-hmm. We also talked about how gay culture is seasonal depression. Um, there are things you can do um, to make it through that season. 
Um, and I don't think seasonal depression necessarily has to mean winter. It does for most people. Um, but if just if you are going through a time where it's hard for you, um, just find things to look forward to to make it out of that time. So. And that uh, gay culture is talking about RuPaul's Drag Race. Uh, just having an idea of how, how polarizing that is. Mm-hmm. Um, well, just like gay, anything else. In it, culture. It is. And, um, you know, in the LGBTQ community, um, people do love it and people do hate it. And But it's something... Or people that, don't care about it at all. Or they don't. But I think it's something that we can all, it's a, it's a show on TV that we all kind of can have a common thread, something we can talk about, and something that is representative of a lot of us. And it's nice to be able to see representation of gay people on TV. It is. It's it something is. that we didn't really have growing up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is nice to have that there right. as an outlet. Even through their guest judges that they have. I mean, you know, last week was um, Gus Kenworthy and Keenan Lonsdale, and they were able to, you know, kind of make out with each other for a yeah, split second. that was enjoyable. I love him on The Flash. Oh, yeah. I forget he's on there. I know I'm from Love, Simon. Oh, yeah. See, we talked about his TV shows. We never talked about mine. Yeah, so. Well, we'll have time for that. Um, so, it's it's enjoyable to see that because they do really get... I mean, I, I know in season 8 they had the book ball and had David and Amy Sedaris. I love David Sedaris. So, they just have a really good, diverse, at least guest judges. Um, and I think they have usually have a diverse cast as well um, each season. So, um, whether you like it or not, it exists and it, you know, is a big part of the LGBTQ community. So. Um, but thanks for listening. Yeah, we hope y'all come back for listen to us some more. Yes, and we'll try to do one of these every week or so. Um, but um, please send us messages. Um, our Instagram handle is at Richard Plus Tyler. So you can send us some direct messages there or um, comment on our pictures, and we'll try to get in touch with you if you have any questions. Um, we'd love to hear from you. Um, so we hope you hear from us again soon. Thanks for listening. Bye. You have to keep looking at it. You can't look away. You can't do this and talk away from it. Obviously not, but I keep hitting this stupid tree. You can't do like you do to me in the grocery store. You have to look at the microphone. Right. Or look towards this general area. I'm looking. Okay. <laughs>